Elizabeth Evans and I'm a homeschooling mom of four young kids. I'm figuring this out as I go, but I'm here to talk to Bonnie, who has been writing and speaking on the subject for over a decade and has been homeschooling for three decades. My name's Bonnie Landry. I've got seven kids. They're ages 13 to 33. I've been homeschooling for 29 years. I'm a wife, a mom, a grandma, um, I'm a speaker and a writer, and I'm an advocate of joy. So uh, we're here to provide this podcast so that homeschooling can look like you imagined it to be. Hi, Elizabeth. Good evening. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Uh, so Elizabeth had this great idea that we talk about uh, storybooks and, and uh, maybe share our favorite storybooks and move away from, from answering questions uh, for this particular podcast. So I think that was a great idea. And we're always looking for new resources. As moms, we're always looking for new uh, excellent books for our kids. So that's where we're going to go with this. So um, I had a couple of thoughts. You had a couple of thoughts about books and heading into summer so uh yeah and then i'll have some thoughts as well on reading well i just thought it was the perfect time because as summer is really kind of hitting full swing and hopefully libraries are starting to open up again all around the country um yeah. i figured it was a perfect time for parents to to figure out what books to get for their kids for summer reading yeah good idea or birthdays or you know whatever's coming yeah. up <laughs> in the next yeah. couple of months yes and uh and we we have a huge library of children's books and i've actually started moving some of them to a bookshelf downstairs so that my daughters can just help themselves for their kids right because they they're they're all good books but i you know i mean it's silly for us to have you know 300 storybooks when they could be using in their in their sort of daily life right right um the other thing that i was thinking of, of in terms of uh, as a mom, I had uh, had some couple of policies around storybooks or any books uh, that I thought were worth sharing. One is that I, I I did not read books I didn't like, right? So if I didn't like a book, out it went, because nothing is worse than cringing while you read a book that you really dislike. And usually, if a book is well written, an adult likes it too. So I might read it once or twice, and then you know out it goes. And I had a friend who, who uh, we live rurally, so you know, going to the library on a regular, base, regular basis wasn't something that we did, but we, we built our home library. Um, and she, had a, she would let her kids basically take out whatever they wanted from the library, but when they got home, they would read it once, and she, if she thought it was garbage, she would say, that's garbage, and she would put it up on a high shelf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she didn't want the going to the library to mean she was forced to read a bunch of stuff she didn't think was... Right valuable to her children or, or uh, enjoyable for her to read. So I thought that, I thought that was a good, uh, a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I also, before we jump into our books, I wanted to just say we had our first class, the homeschool history class on Tuesday night, went really, really well, was well attended. And uh, we had lots of fun. It was, it was a live class, lots of questions, lots of great um, conversation. And so, and lots of really good ideas about what uh, what would make good topics for the future so that you know moms were kind of throwing out some ideas and so one of them was on uh, writing you know and particularly on writing a really good solid paragraph um so that's uh, i think will probably be the next class that we do so in the next couple of days i'll put that up on uh, on my blog and facebook and um another one that came up was uh doing a class for couples like talking about discipline as couples right uh so that we're you know, that we can be more likely to be on the same page and be at least exposed to the same kind of information so that we can um, have 
sort of maybe better conversations about how situations should be managed or handled or whatever. So I thought those were, those were cool ideas. So yeah, well, we'll I really on, love we'll work on that. Yeah. I love the idea of getting the, the spouse involved too. So it's not just the yeah. mom, um, but being on the same page is important. So that's a great class idea. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. So, um, so do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Sure. We could alternate or whatever. Um, I love finding books for my kids. Um, just being able to help them grow their imagination with, with illustration and stories and, and sparking so much conversation, you know, reading yeah. aloud, is just, we've lost oral tradition. That's not something we really do anymore, but books give us an opportunity to access, you know, the kinds of things that our children want to know about, you know, and yeah. it, it raises their questions. It raises our awareness of answering questions. So right. yeah, good literature for kids is so, it's such an important topic. So yes. yeah, well, that's and great Illustration is important too, because like you said, mm -hmm. you don't want to read a book that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And especially when kids ask you to read it over and over and over again. And, and they know. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And so if it doesn't have, you know, nice artwork or pretty pictures, I, I tend to kind of put it back on the shelf. Yeah. Um, it has to be a really, really good story to get me to get it with bad artwork. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. Cause we want to draw them in and expose them to, uh, beauty, truth, and goodness everywhere we go. Right, right. So for those watching on YouTube, you'll be able to actually see, I'll hold up the books that I have. Mm -hmm. um, and for the podcast, I'll be sure to, to put the title and the author. So those that are just listening. Yeah, I thought too, it might be nice for us to put the links to all these books on Amazon or whatever I think in the show notes, Yeah, whatever, um, you know, wherever we can find them, or if it's a particular author to their website or something like that, so that people can access things easily. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so for the listeners, we'll, we'll say the, the title and the author out loud and uh, put it in the show notes as well. Right. Okay, so I'm going to start with my absolute favorite children's author. Um, okay. His name is William Joyce. He's done uh, so many books. Um, he's actually also responsible for, there was a show on, I think, the Disney Channel when I was probably in middle school called Roly Poly Oli. Um, and it was about a robot family. Anyway, his mind, he's brilliant, his imagination, his artwork. Um, and so it's, I think part of the reason I love it so much is because his character, Jack Frost, reminds me of my oldest son. Um, and so here's uh, Jack Frost, um, and it's the Guardians of Childhood. So he actually, he's done it in um, children's illustrated books. And then he also has the series for um, like juvenile fiction books. Like the oh, okay. Books. And he's, is he both author and illustrator? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so I, I just, I want to read the first line of his Jack Frost book, which is actually um, uh, technically the, the last in his series of the more of the juvenile fiction books, so the chapter books. Um, so this is the first line. Um, well, he, he kind of has bumpers in his book. So the, the beginning of his books kind of start the same. So the first line of the Jack Frost story says there once was a remarkable boy. And I, I don't know, just the power in, in those first words that just hooked me. And especially since I associate that with my son, you know, right. I'm thinking, 
my son is remarkable. This is excellent. <laughs> but, but I'll just show like the artwork is just, it's just captivating. Oh, cool. and, um, so yeah, these, it, it's just, and he's it, got lots of drama. Yes. Drama yeah. and, um, really just strong characters. Um, and, um, I don't know if anybody has heard of the, the guardians of childhood, the movie that came out, I no. say in maybe 2015 or I don't know, sometime in, in the last, you know, 10 years it came out. Hmm. Um, and I, um, I was very skeptical because of the portrayal of Santa Claus. You know, I, I, right. I'm a big fan of the Santa with the, you know, the red hat and the big red coat. And, right. <laughs> and um, his approach is a more like a Russian, you know, really tough Santa with like some tattoos that say naughty and nice. And so I thought, no, that is not Santa Claus. And then right. I watched the movie and it was like at that moment I knew, okay, I need to check out these books. And they, right. so- my son and I have been reading um, the series uh, for, you know, like juvenile fiction, the big chapter books. Um, and he's even read them twice through now. Uh, okay, cool. He just loves them. So that's my favorite author, William Joyce. Okay. Beautiful books, beautiful artwork. Um, and so, yeah, I thought I'd start with a really Sure. Now, something to bear in mind is my books are all probably going to be quite a bit older than yours because I've been, you know, building a library for the last 30 years. So, yeah. you know, and, and of course, my youngest is almost 14 now. So, you know, we haven't bought children's books for a long time, except for <laughs> grandkids. Right. And actually the, the ones we buy for them tend to be, um, the, you know, books that we loved and books that their parents loved. Right. Yeah. So actually I'll show you the one. This is a, this is when my daughters all, um, had their first baby, this was, the first baby shower gift that I got for all of them um, was a really good Mother Goose book. Okay, so not exactly a storybook, but this is uh, this one is illustrated by um, Rosemary Wells, and I just adore her her uh, depiction of characters. So it's been around a long time, so a lot of people may have seen it, but it's it's just classic Mother Goose tales, but they're just again, really beautifully illustrated. If you're familiar with Rosemary Wells at all, one of her kids, one of her characters or group of characters was made into a little TV show as well. And I don't remember which ones, but, uh, but it's really beautiful yeah. and very old fashioned um, uh, versions of the classic nursery rhymes. Yeah. So this is the, a lot of, what we do when we first start dictation with my kids is a lot of times we're working out of this book. We have several nursery rhyme books, but I would say this is my favorite. You can tell because you know the bindings are wearing out now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, love it. Oh, that's great. It reminds me, I wonder if um is it Ruby and Max? Is that yes, a, yes, yeah. that's her. Yeah. 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 We have fabulous, one of yeah. one of those books. Yeah. Um okay. This this next book, um, this illustrator, uh, I, I don't know how, if he's done any other books. I think you can buy his artwork, um, but PJ Lynch illustrated it. The book is by Gina Wilson. It's called Ignis. This was mm. my, um, my now five-year-old son's favorite book for when he was three, but it, it's like kind of a bigger kid book and it's about a dragon. Um, I love three-year-olds love dragons yeah. yeah yeah but it's about a dragon who cannot breathe fire 
And <laughs> so he goes searching for his flame and um, he meets a little girl and, you know, has a friendship. I mean, it's just the sweetest thing, but like this image right here is just, yeah, oh, just it's beautiful. so beautiful. So like I said, artwork is illustration is huge for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a really good story. Um, and I mean, yeah, I would read this over and over again. Not a problem. <laughs> good. <laughs> okay. So this book here, this is actually a board book and it's called the tale of the three trees. Do you know this one? Yes. Love this book. So it actually comes, this is sort of an edited version. There's a longer version of it that comes in a, um, you know, just a hardcover or pro probably get his paperback as well. But this, okay. this is the board book version, which I really love. Um, and for those of you who don't know the story, it's uh, a tale of these three trees and they all uh, imagine that they're going to, to grow up to be uh, something important. You know, I think this one might be worth a read. Should I read it out loud? It's super short. Sure. Go for okay. it. Okay. Let's read it out loud. I'll probably cry. Okay. <sighs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Once upon a mountain top, three trees dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. I want to hold treasure, the first tree said. It will be the most beautiful, I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the whole world. I want to be a strong sailing ship, the second tree said. I will be the strongest ship in the world. I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all, the third tree said. I want to grow so tall that when people look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. I'm just going to show you the picture of the trees. The illustrations are gorgeous in this. Yeah. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. With a swoop of the first man's axe, the first tree fell. With a swish of the second man's axe, the second tree fell. With a slash of the third man's axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop, but the carpenter, but the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard, but no mighty sailing ships were built that day. Instead, the once strong tree was made into a simple fishing boat. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in the lumberyard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was to point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. When a storm arose, the second tree shuddered. But when the traveler stretched out his hand and said, peace, the storm stopped. And suddenly, the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the woodpile. She shivered when she was dragged through an angry crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed the man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, 
they would think of God. It's so good. I, my four-year-old. It's so good. Yeah. I read it the other day to my four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Powerful story. Mm -hmm. There's actually a, also a little film you can get. Um, my mom was a teacher, and so she had the film and um, gave it to us. And oh, so, really? I did, yeah. I've never seen Is it the same illustrations? No. no okay. Not. Yeah. But, okay. Cool. I'll have, yeah. have to look it up. Yeah. All right, what have you got for us? Well, keeping on the same topic, um, actually, I don't know if you've seen this. This is um, a story of John Paul II, Saint John Paul no. II, um, a boy who became Pope um, by Fabiola Garza. Um, eh, yeah. And um, the illustrations uh, are really similar to, um, like they remind me a little bit of Disney illustrations in in a way right um, but it's just it's it's the story of how um john paul ii became pope and then eventually saint mm. um and is there a lot of text or is it more story yeah there's a lot okay. of text um so this is kind of for kids who are able to sit still for extended periods of time but, right um, yeah yeah, it, I, I mean, they even use the, the name that um, his friends gave him growing up, Lolek. Um, <laughs> and so it's just really Love sweet. It. And what a great way to learn about, you know, our, a saint. Yeah, exactly. There's and, a lot of beautiful st saint stories. Yeah. Actually, that will bring me, I'll, um, I'll pop over to a different book because it also has some saint stories by the same author yeah um not that author but uh i am a big fan of um tommy de paula who just passed oh, away of course i was so sad because i just have adored too. his work for years yeah. yeah and he he has so he is um italian i think he's italian irish american uh so his his ancestry is italian irish and um but he's he's American, of course, and he his stories are really laced with his cultural background, particularly Italian and Catholic, which is really interesting. Um, so he is the author of the Streganona books, which is uh, Streganona means grandma witch, right? Yeah. And um, you know she's a woman in the village, and he has a series of those. But he also has a huge series of saints books that are just and saint stories that are just beautiful and very little text, mm -hmm. really just vibrant, beautiful, gorgeous pictures um that talk about uh, mostly saints from italy but not all of them mm -hmm. um you know and so his his uh, italian background is is really clear in this as he talks about the little italian village villages and the things that they uh, sort of sort of the day-to-day -day life of of these saints so i would recommend any of his um any of his books i've, I've never found a book of his i didn't love yeah. um but in particular his saints books but the one i actually brought my absolute favorite of his is this one it's called clown of god <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> for those of you listening uh, elizabeth has just picked out the exact same book i cry every time I oh read. it's so good it's so good yeah. and so um i'll just give a recap sort of, sort of a cap of the story the basically the story is this man who's a clown he's a, he's a little boy who um learns how to be a clown to earn his keep because he's he's an orphan and he becomes a very very famous clown and he lives out for you know uh, years and years and years being a famous clown and wanting in every town and as he gets older of course he's loses favor with the crowds and so 
finally he uh, he becomes old and not wanted anymore and he just sort of travels from place to place like he did when he was young you know begging bread and and whatnot and one day at the very end of the story he goes he's sleeping in the doorway of a church and he goes into the church he sees all these people going into the church and he realizes he's he's been away from the church for a long time really care about it and he goes into the church uh follows all the crowd in and realizes it's christmas eve and they're all bringing gifts to the baby, you know, bread and, and little gifts that they've made for the statue of the baby Jesus, or there's a Madonna and, and baby Jesus inside the church. And he doesn't have anything to give the baby. So after everyone leaves, he decides he puts on his clown outfit again, and he juggles for the baby Jesus. And, um, and I won't give away the ending of the story, but in his in his gift to the baby Jesus there's this beautiful miracle that happens and uh oh my gosh I'm not kidding I cannot get oh. through it I've had it for 25 it's, years I can't get through it without crying oh it's so good yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. Tommy De Paula clown of god I think that was my introduction to oh no actually he wrote a book called Alice Nizzy Nazzy and it's oh, about, I never read that one it's it's really good it's about um there's this witch that lives in this hut with um I think chicken feet and it follows her wherever she goes. And then there's this one girl that was tending her flock of sheep and the witch um, I, turns the flock into pillows. And so this little girl is trying to get her, her sheep back. Right. Um, and it, it's kind of like a mixture of the like Hansel and Gretel witch where she's, she wants to, you know, put her in a pot and stew her. Um, and so I forget actually how it ends, but, um, yeah, that was my introduction to him. And okay. I loved this book growing up. And then I found out about like the clown of God and I actually, um, brought one of his other books. It's Jamie O'Rourke and the Puka. So you know what? So I haven't seen that one either. This one is really Probably his good. More recent. Yeah. Well, it looks like it yeah. has his Irish, his Irish, uh, ancestry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was it. written in 2000. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but it, it's about um, Jamie O'Rourke is kind of lazy and her, his wife goes away to tend her sister, I think, and um, he's supposed to keep clean the house and he has his friends over every night and they don't clean. Um, but then a puka comes um, and so I'm, it's a magical puka. It's just kind of this, this figure, this a spirit that looks kind of like a donkey right. in, in this case. Okay. Um, and the puka comes in and does dishes. Um, and then the last time the puka comes, you'll have to read the book and find out. <laughs> <laughs> teaser, the teaser. <laughs> it's amazing what gets us excited as parents, isn't it? Right, right. Uh, okay. Jane, oh, okay. So another favorite author of mine. I'm a big Dr. Seuss fan. Yeah. Uh, there's the odd one I, I have not cared for, but this has been a family favorite. Go Dog Go has always been a, a family favorite. And, um, and Are You My Mother? Those I would say were the yeah. two top Dr. Seuss. Uh, just fantastic stories. And, and um, you know, everybody will be familiar, of course. And yeah, this, this got nicknamed, this book got nick, nicknamed Godog Godot because one of our kids couldn't say go dog go so they said Godog Godot so it's still called Godog Godot. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> yeah. Well on the topic of those kind of easy reader books I don't know if you've heard of Mo Willems and his elephant mm -hmm. and piggy books. Um, no. These were my kids favorites um, and they now I went to try and have my five-year-old read it to me 
but he's memorized it. So right. <laughs> it ended up not being a very good, can you read this book? <laughs> but um, it's just about elephant and piggy are great friends. And there's, I mean, very little text. Most pages have like maybe one or one to five words on it. Right. Um, okay, fun. But it's, it's just funny. So this one is listen to my trumpet. Um, and it's about how piggy gets a trumpet and he's playing it you know, playing music and elephants like that does not sound like music. Right. <laughs> um, and it turns out that the pig is not trying to play music. He's trying to speak like elephant because he wants to sound like his friend elephant. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I will tell you this, just, um, our kids have all chosen, our kids all play musical instruments. And one day we were over at a friend's house years ago and their son was practicing their trumpet. And I thought, Oh, wow. I didn't realize how happy I am. <laughs> Nobody ever picked up a trumpet <laughs> to learn on. And so, oh, although, you know, we would have supported that, but it was just, I was so grateful because at the time, my daughter, who was the same age as their son, was actually taking harp, you know, and you can play a harp really badly and it still sounds really good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. My kids play piano and, and that, unless they're like slamming their fists exactly on the yeah yeah the, yeah you can't really mess it up too badly you, right. you can mess the song up but the notes still sound good so right right okay so this is uh, an absolute favorite of mine and uh, this book is called something from nothing by phoebe gilman phoebe gilman was really popular when i first started having kids she did the uh, jillian jiggs um books i don't know if you would remember those from your childhood but um this, uh, you know, some of her stories I have loved, some have been, you know, sort of okay, but this one is just, I don't know, head and shoulders above all of them, in my opinion. And I'm just going to say something before I tell you a little bit about the story, that the, um, the, I think a whole other topic that could be addressed is actually books that help children, like th that you could use as jumping off places to study science and social studies with really young kids Yeah, would be kind of a neat topic to do because there's many, many beautiful yeah. storybooks. And I sort of sifted through mine and I thought, okay, well, most of them are ones that are, um, uh, would just be a storybook classification, yeah. but there are so many that could sort of help either bring younger kids into a, a study or, um, could help, you know, could introduce a topic to, to young kids, right? So yeah. this would fall into that category, but because it's such a family favorite, I thought I would share it. So yeah, something from nothing. So basically it's a story about a, a little Jewish boy and his family and his, his uh, father makes him a blanket when he's born. And as he gets older, the blanket gets repurposed into different things. And the beautiful illustrations are as the grandpa is, um, First of all, it's just filled with beautiful sort of traditional Jewish village images, right? Yeah. And uh, and they're, you know, they're having dinner together as a family on the weekend and whatnot. Um, yeah, really beautiful. But at the bottom, I don't know if you can see this, Elizabeth, but at the bottom here, uh, there's a whole other frame. There's the main frame of the story. And on the bottom, every time he cuts the, the blanket into something smaller to repurpose it, all the little scraps drop through the floorboards to a mouse family. Aww. And the mouse family makes things out of it. So over the years of him growing up, not only is he getting these repurposed things, but the mouse family is getting all decked out in the in the fabric from his beautiful blanket. So um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's just a fantastic folk story. Oh, so that's yeah, great. Uh, I have so many. Okay. Um, 
I'll I'll go to Jan Brett. I don't know how familiar oh, you are with. I love Jan Brett. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't actually find one. They get read a lot and carted around the house because our grandbabies yeah. are over. You know, so I I couldn't actually find any Jan Bretts. <laughs> yeah. The mitten well, and yeah. Yeah. So the mitten and um, what was the other one from when I was a kid? Uh, I don't remember. I, I grew up with Jan Brett and it wasn't until I started right. having kids that I realized that she had written so many more than just the ones I had. There's like right. Berlioz and the, um, the bee, I think is what it's called. Mm. But anyway, this one I discovered my, um, my now five-year-old loved horses when he was really small. And right. I came across this one, Fritz and the Beautiful Horses. Oh. And it's about this little pony um, who's not really welcome in this town that's only for the big, beautiful horses. Um, right. And all he wants to do is just to be loved and, um, and cherished for who he is. Um, and one day the, the parents are riding their big horses and the kids are riding their big horses and they look really scared. Um, and as they're going back to the town, the bridge starts to crack after the parents have already crossed it. And so the kids are stuck on the other side and their horses oh. are refusing to go into the Creek cause they don't want to get dirty and, and mussy up their, their beautiful coats. Right. right. Um, but Fritz <laughs> trots through the water and rescues the kids. And then from then on, they just love him and cherish him for who he is. So um, it's really, really sweet. And she has the, um, is it the Swedish kind of artwork? Yeah, she does such beautiful sort of folk artwork as well. Yeah. And that's what sort of her, her trademark. So those of you who haven't seen Jan Bradford are, are unfamiliar. Yeah. Just look up her illustrations. They're just uh, incredible. So yeah, you really oh, I remember them. my favorite one of hers is actually a Christmas book. That's why I couldn't remember it right away. It's the Wild Christmas Reindeer. Oh, okay. And I've never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. It's it's about training the reindeer to fly Santa's sleigh. Right. And how, yeah, and how they can be unruly and and yeah, it's really good. So do all of her books have the folk art sort of theme to them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cuz that's yeah. was the thing about the mitten and the other one the, the name I can't think of right now. It's just the 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 borders and the decoration and it's just yeah. so rich. It's just so rich. Except I think this was the first one I'd seen that did not have the borders because that's her, okay. her trademark are the yeah. borders. Um, and the story but, going on within the border kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. But this one doesn't have it. Um and I did miss misspeak, misspoke. Um there are a couple that actually aren't the traditional kind of Swedish Nordic type illustrations there's one called right. Mo mossy and it's about a turtle and that's kind oh. of more of like the european 1900s type style. interesting okay i'll have to look yeah. up those for sure yeah. okay so this story i'm also this is in my last book probably if you want to do maybe one or two more after yeah. this one um so the cover is worn off um, but it's called the uh, Dolores book of greek myths so obviously you know this is also sort of falls into the history um, framework, but it's just been a book that has been so, so, so loved. Like, <laughs> it's really chewed up that we've read so much. So it takes all the Greek myths and it puts them, the, the illustrations are kind of odd. Like if anyone's familiar with Dolaire's, they're, they're just, they're a little bit odd, but they, they work because it's 
Greek mythology. I, I think they work. Um, and so it tells the story of, of several different Greek myths in a, a child-friendly format, but they're also, they're, they're beautiful to read as an adult, but they're also funny. Like they, they've really sort of captured the, um, you know, kind of the humor and, and uh, the light sort of lighthearted side of the of Greek mythology. But my kids always knew so much about Greek mythology. I think a lot of it had to do with this, right? And okay. then there's some young adult fiction that's sort of mythologically based, you know, but they already had that sort of a leg up and they understood a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's been a real favorite in our house as well. So Dolores, Dolores Book of Greek Myths. Yeah, wow, I'm gonna have to look that one up. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. I for sure will have to share. And I, I feel like I'm going to butcher her last name. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Elsa Beskow, her books. No. Okay. So um, she writes um, and beautiful illustrations, these um, Swedish stories. Okay. Um, and they're just, they're just so great and simple and sweet. Um, and uh, there's one that we have called uh, Hazel and Pip and I don't know. It's, it's a cute story, like a lot of gnomes and, and like little elves. And right. um, like this one is, is about mother nature and weather and, and, um, right. and it's just, it's really sweet. Um, and so my kids really enjoy them. And yeah, we've got a couple of her books. So I okay. really recommend Elsa Beskow um, for those beautiful. You know, one of the things that we did at the um, live class on Tuesday was uh, I read a storybook out loud for, for the point of illustrating how we can pull, um, you know, sort of curriculum, for lack of a better word, out of a storybook, how we can use that as jumping off place for um for further study or to to engage younger children mm -hmm. and you know i just read a, a storybook that wasn't sort of historically significant in any way but you know there's still there's every page is just rich with things that we can talk about not that we have to talk about them but that as kids ask those questions to be able to really engage with a book and really bring it to life for them mm -hmm. you know and even something like you know just i'm thinking of jan brett's or the, the one you just showed ollie uh you know the illustrations in that showing another culture you know what a beautiful opportunity to talk about you know another culture like why you know what do you think their clothes look? do people wear clothes like that around here you know and i think that's a, that would be a great topic actually sort of how to how to capitalize on reading to our kids and what that means one one of the books that i wrote was is called um how to read a book so it becomes the curriculum mm -hmm. and you know we can just read a book and enjoy it we can read a book and and answer all the questions full of wonder but we can also uh really plumb a book for all it's worth and, and ideally especially with stories book we story books we do all of that yeah. right sometimes we read it and do a lot of wondering about it sometimes we pull lots out of it sometimes we uh, just pull a little little bit out of it but over the course of you know our family history mm -hmm. we we're going to really get to know those books they they books create a culture right yeah. they create a family culture and I, I don't know if this has started in your family but we have so many sort of isms you know landry isms that come from uh books we've read together storybooks novels all kinds of books 
that you know just a, the turn a turn of a phrase or a particular character's personality just comes into our family culture you know and one of my uh, my youngest daughter when she was really small she was talking about our family being um like the the hundred acre woods right mm -hmm. you know we're like the people the guys in the hundred hundred acre woods and um you know so then you know noah is Pooh, and um you know, you're Kanga mom, and I'm Rue, of course, and daddy is um, Eeyore, <laughs> you know, Abel is Tigger, you know, and so she went through this, you know, but we totally got it because it was just such a part of our family culture for so many right. years, you know, and what a beautiful way to form your family through through literature and reading together, right? Because those are yeah. our most, some of our most joyful memories come from reading together. Yeah. You know, because we don't sit down and read, we're in a crappy mood, right? Which, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we want this right. to be happy. So, yeah. 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 Well, and I don't know if you've heard of Sarah McKenzie. She wrote a book called mm -hmm. Read Aloud Revival. Yeah. Absolutely. And she talks about just what you were talking about is how books can kind of bring families together in a, in a common, you know, even if it's just a little phrase, like um, we got a book from the library called The Un Unbudgeable Curmudgeon. And right. it was right around a time where my son was this book's definition. He was a curmudgeon. And it became this <laughs> funny thing where, you know, we were like, oh, Henry, you're the curmudgeon. And he just, he loved it, you know, it, it, because yeah. he, he knew he could relate to that. And we weren't making fun of him. We were, you know, saying, we love you because this is how you are sometimes. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, we can even love the curmudgeons. Right. Well, I, I, it was funny because my my son, who's almost twenty three, a few a couple of days ago, are you familiar with the Richard Scarry books? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's Pig Will and Pig Won't in the Richard Scarry books, uh -huh. and and he says, "How did Pig w Won't become Pig Me Too? I can't remember." <laughs> he's twenty. He's twenty three, and he's wondering this, and. Uh, and so I to sort of recap the story for him, you know, okay, well, this is, this is what happened with pig will, but you know, pig will and pig won't was very common as well in our family. Like, mm, you know, we're having a pig yeah. won't moment here, <laughs> you know, but so many beautiful, uh, beautiful isms and beautiful family, uh, beautiful family culture just created from, from right. literature. And that's why it's so important to choose well, mm -hmm. you know, in the yeah. show notes, I'll put down a couple of, um, resources that I used as well for, for helping me know what to choose for good literature. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I mean, the reality is it, usually the library carries, you know, really beautiful literature, but they can also carry, you know, garbagey stuff oh, too, yeah. right? It's just sort of pop, you know, um, pop culture kids yeah. books, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but it is what it is. And, and mm -hmm. we just have to be discerning as parents. So I'll, I'll put in some discerning resources and, and book lists um in the show notes as well right because i think that's i think it's really important to do that i've got actually a couple of blog posts that that share all kinds of resources for that yeah. sort of thing so well and and really quick i also feel um i should share i didn't really appreciate books that did not have any any words any story to them you know that are just right. pictures until kind of recently i didn't realize how um, valuable those are to imaginations, you know, and, mm -hmm. and teaching kids to kind of be able to interpret and almost tell their own story based on what right. they're seeing. Um, and so I have one of those books is Journey by Aaron Becker. 
Um, and okay. the, the cover has ripped. So now it's just the, the pretty book, but, um, it's, it's really just beautiful artwork, very just magical. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, you can really kind of see clearly the story that's being told with just these mm -hmm. images. Um, but it also, there's a lot of room for, you know, kind of slightly different interpretations of each, mm -hmm. every time you read it. Um, and so it's, this is like a three part series. So there's actually three. Okay. I brought one. That's beautiful. Right Eric, the only book that we had that didn't have stories, uh, same thing. It was a very popular book in our house and the kids would, you know, dad would read it one way and I would read it a different way, you know, re yeah. read it, tell the story. And, um, it's actually by Eric Carl. So you guys are all probably all familiar with, you know, the very hungry caterpillar and the you know, Eric Carl books, which are really charming as well. And so it's one of that style of book and it's called to the zoo, one, two, three, to the zoo. And mm -hmm. so the story unfolds of all these animals, uh, getting to the zoo and, uh, it's, it's really sweet and no words and, you know, just the story unfolds and, but it did. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible for their imagination. Plus little kids who don't read yet can sit down and read that book. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, have their own little story going on with it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I know I could do this all night. There's another author that I just love. Um, it's Dawn and Audrey Wood. Um, and okay. one would, would write and the other would illustrate. And so you've got, okay. um, the, uh, the little mouse, the red ripe strawberry and the big hungry bear, uh, the napping house. Um, what was another one? Uh, oh, King Big Goods in the bathtub. These are all just kids mm, stories okay. that my kids love. Um, really fun illustrations. Um, okay. A lot yeah, of, as we, as we've been talking, uh, we, all these stories that I, you know, think, oh, I should have brought that, but then, you know, we would be here for four hours probably. Oh, right. <laughs> but, um, so I just, I should probably do some wrap up cause we're, we're almost getting pushing on an hour here. Yeah. So, um, uh, one, just, oh, I should quickly mention, I had an interesting conversation with my daughter this morning, who's, you know, son is four and he's just, um, you know, sort of getting to the point of you know interested in letters and interested in sounds and all of that and you know so we talked about how I used to read to our little kids and I would often every you know at least once in every almost every book we read I would point to you know like a, a letter or a, and say do you know what sound that makes or oh look that's a letter b and just take their finger and trace it and it was one of these little beautiful little moments where you, I wasn't hammering I wasn't doing it every page I wasn't doing it every minute but you know just maybe once or twice during the course of a story, you know, let them trace a letter or let them, you know, wonder, oh, said that's, you know, that's bear. What do you think that letter is that bear starts with? And sort of bringing in, um, you know, early uh, reading and letter interest, uh, you know, when you're just reading your, you know, 50 storybooks you read in a day, right? If you do it a few times in a day, it's a, it's a remarkable move towards reading, right? Yeah. And just get, and just gaining their interest in letters. So, I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, one of the things that, oh yeah, I wanted to say, uh, please continue people to add questions to our Facebook page, Make Joy Normal, and, um, or via my blog or my email address. Uh, you're welcome to put your questions there. We still have um, a few questions we haven't addressed, uh, which we'll get to over the next couple of weeks. And um, every question seems to lead to more questions, don't you find? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, those are sort of where you can reach us. And 
Um, we will also, I'll be putting a form up on this class. I'll do, be doing a, a little class on sort of introduction to writing. My goal with that class is to also lay the foundation for writing really before um, writing would happen, right? So that kids could um, be starting to be formed in writing. You know, reading beautiful literature is a big part of the formation of writing, you know, because it's beautiful language go in, uh, beautiful language patterns are, are what we would see come out of that, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, reading good literature isn't just because it's, it's a, an enjoyable moment, it also provides them with context so that later on they can draw on their um, interest, imagination, experience uh, as they go to put things into words as well. So that would be my goal is to sort of gear it at um, the foundations of writing as well. So I'll, I'll have some more information on that uh, probably next time we get together. Great. Yeah. So I think that's probably a wrap, eh? Yes. Okay. Nice. Thank God you. Bless. Good night. Okay. Bye. Bye.